0: Hey, welcome to The Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers, and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love.
1: Good morning. Thank you for joining me again today. Um, today I'm going to be playing you a 2017 throwback. So what that means is I am going to replay a portion of an interview that I did with Sophie Hossack from Seatbank back in 2017. So it was actually a webinar. So for those of you who remember the off the hook Bass Asian webinar from back in the day, Um, although it's only two years ago, but it feels like such a long time ago and listening, um, yeah, just re-listening to the audio and and everything um, just brought back a lot of memories. I remember back when I first started presenting uh, webinars and that kind of thing, I wrote down every single word I was going to say and I was so nervous and um, Yeah, it just made me realize, you know, I've come a long way now. I can just jump on a podcast. Gosh, don't think you'll ever get me up in front of a room full of people, but I can jump on a podcast and I don't need to have any notes and I can interview people. And um, so I guess I wanted to bring that up because for those of you who uh, potentially – get um, nervous or shy or you know don't feel confident about speaking about what you do and about your expertise and that kind of thing i think a lot of the people that i speak to assume that because i have a podcast that i'm a very confident person and so i wanted to reassure you that you know everybody starts somewhere and for me it was only just a couple of short years ago um, you know that i was like literally reading word for word and just feeling like, uh, yeah, just really, really self-conscious and that kind of thing. Whereas I don't feel that way now. And so it just comes through practice. It's definitely not something that's natural. It's something that's learned. And so that should give encouragement to all of you. So, so basically, what I'm going to play for you today, it is um, it, it's just a segment of a webinar. It's not the full webinar. The reason it's not the full one is because Sophie talks about two topics in um, quite a bit of detail. So what I'm going to do is I'll play the um, I'll play a portion of it today, and I'll play the rest of it for you next week. So um, because the two topics are not actually related, so I thought it might be good to just kind of segment those. So today I'm going to play for you. Um, where Sophie's going to be talking to me about asking for bookkeeping referrals from accountants and clients and. Um, she's just very knowledgeable on this um, topic and just such a lovely person to speak to. So I think you'll really enjoy that because um, referrals are a huge part of growing your bookkeeping business. And so um, who better to learn from than, than Sophie? She's just got such a great perspective on this topic. And what I'll do is next week, I'll play the second topic where she talks about um Team building, she talks about building a team culture and she also talks a bit about um, remote teams as well. And um, you know, who better to talk about this topic than Sophie? She was managing um, a, a large team at Receipt Bank for over seven years. Um, so, probably a lot of you know Sophie from, from Receipt Bank. She no longer works there, she's, um, she's moved back to the UK and she's working in the health industry. Um, as the head of strategic partnerships for for a, a company over there that's using um, you know using software technology in uh, the in the health space or the medical field. So anyway, I hope you really enjoy this episode and um, get lots of um, practical ideas on how you can approach accountants and clients and to be able to consistently build your pipeline of referrals. So enjoy. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining Off the Hook Bookkeeping Bass Agents webinar. I'm Amy Hook. And if this is your first time here tonight, I want to give you a big uh, welcome to the webinars and I hope you have a great night. So tonight we have a very special guest with us. Uh, So uh, we've got Sophie uh, joining us. You may know Sophie uh, Hosack. um, If you don't, she's the country manager for Australia at Receipt Bank. So Sophie's originally from the UK and now she works out of uh, her Sydney office, out of the Receipt Bank Sydney office, and she manages a team of around 30 people, almost 30 people. So I've invited her to join us um, for a few reasons tonight actually. So firstly I have to say that I've really enjoyed working with Receipt Bank, uh, not just because I love the software, of course I've found it very handy to use it in my business. But actually, I really like their humans. So basically, when I first started my bookkeeping business in 2014, I joined Receipt Bank Partner Program, and I got to spend a little bit of time uh, with a young man called Abhinav. So what I noticed after a couple of training calls with uh, Abhinav was that I wasn't just dealing with a salesperson or a customer service person. Um, you know, from a company, but I felt that, um, you know, every step along the way that I was working with someone who actually cared about my business. So for those of you who know my story, I've had a couple of um, difficult clients. You've heard a few of those stories on some of my webinars and I had to actually start over. So... Basically, um, I remember when I had a call booked in with Arvanov, and I was really excited about all of my new clients and then we booked in our second training session maybe a month later or something like that. And by the next time I spoke to Arvanov, I actually had no clients left. So when he called me, he said, oh, how's your business going and everything? And I was actually a bit embarrassed. So, um, you know, when he asked me how the business was, I was like, oh, I didn't really want to tell him. I don't have any clients left. But... Um, obviously I had to tell him so anyway I was expecting to kind of feel a bit stupid but actually what I got was the complete opposite so basically he was extremely encouraging towards me and um, um, you know he actually gave me a lot of good advice and we you know we chatted and everything about the business and then that week he even uh, jumped on Twitter and uh, tweeted out my website on Twitter saying that it was one of the best Receipt Bank partner pages that he'd seen before So I was kind of like, oh, that was really nice. So anyway, after I finished my training with Arbanav, I worked with um, a guy called Norman. And Norman was really helpful. He was encouraging and also very patient with me. So every time we had an appointment um, booked in, I would totally forget about it and miss his call. And then I'd have to call him back, you know, kind of later on. So he was uh, very gracious and patient with me missing all those calls. But anyway, I just remember when I had these experiences with these staff members, I just remember thinking to myself, these guys must have a really great boss. So anyway, I didn't know at the time that that was Sophie. Um, I hadn't actually heard about her uh, before until I think one day she tweeted out like a job ad that I posted for a bookkeeper or something like that. So I... Uh, Clicked on her Facebook profile and I had a look and I saw she had this really cool um, Facebook quote and it said something along the lines of um, and tomorrow we get to do it again Only better and I thought oh she sounds like a really interesting lady. So anyway, I googled her uh, Looked up a few podcasts listened to a few interviews and I just enjoyed her story. So I thought yeah, she'd make a really cool guest so Anyway, so I got in touch with her and asked her if she'd like to come along and chatted to her a little bit about what kind of topic she likes to talk about and in that conversation I guess that brings me to the second reason why I invited her along is because the topics she loves to talk about are really helpful for bookkeepers and I thought uh, Yeah, like that, you know, would be really um, I guess helpful for my community of bookkeepers who I get along on the webinars would love to hear this sort of stuff. So basically everybody please welcome Sophie
2: well thank you so much for uh, for inviting me that was quite an introduction my gosh i wrote well, down yeah. quite a lot of things you said thinking gosh i have to tell the team that yeah you will
1: have to tell them I, I just thought i don't know they're just a really encouraging bunch of people and i i guess i've finally figured out that you know obviously you've probably got something to do with that so topics <laughs> that you're passionate about so
2: yeah absolutely absolutely um i I think uh, I really liked your comment about I liked their humans um, <laughs> yeah. because uh, you've got to like who you work with, both in your organisation, but also your suppliers that you work with. I think that's so crucial. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you know, we're just nice people. Often, actually, it doesn't mean that. Often, yeah. as you say, it means something quite different. It,
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so, yeah.
1: I wanted to kind of get the conversation started or just to hear, you know, get everyone to hear some of the things about your background that I obviously already know. So I wanted to start off by asking you if you would share a little bit with the uh, ladies about Receipt Farm.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, I will. Um, So Receipt Farm was an organization that um, promised if you sent your paperwork to them in a plastic bag, they would extract all of the data into an Excel spreadsheet within seven working days. Yep. And at the time. Based in the UK. Based only in the UK. Yeah, based yeah. only in the UK. Exactly. And at the time, that seemed like a pretty good gig um, to yeah. one of our co founders, Michael. So, Michael um, is just by far one of the cleverest men that I've ever met, like, super uh-huh. bright, <laughs> super intelligent. Um, but like a lot of intelligent people often struggles at really basic things. Okay. Um, and so he had his own consulting company and consistently got fined by the HMRC in the UK for oh, being wow. late with his bookkeeping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he was always behind, always losing paperwork, you know, just the nightmare client, literally your nightmare client. That was him. Yep. Um, so he'd Googled receipt processing, uh, cause he was on a cloud. General ledger in the UK actually called a product called Cashflow. So he was already using that, and so he googled you know receipt processing and found a company called Receipt Farm. Right. and So he gave it a I trial. I I heard that name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Initially, the marketing had like cows and stuff. I'm pretty gutted that we Whoa. didn't get to keep them. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, he did their 14-day free trial, and um, he got his Excel spreadsheet back. Yeah. And he was over the, over the moon. He thought this was absolutely going to solve all of his problems yeah. and all of the chasing from his you know his accountant. Um, but then he realised actually it didn't at all because he had to copy and paste all of the data because there was the Excel and then there was the general ledger. Uh-huh. So he emailed the customer support at Receipt Farm and said, "Guys, you know I love what you're doing. It's terrific. Have you thought about uh, integrating with some general ledgers? Have you thought about?" enabling me to give access to my accountants. And um, they came back within 10 minutes saying, thank you very much, Mr. Wood. We really appreciate and value your feedback, but we're closing down today. (laughs) So he called his, uh, a previous colleague of his, Alexis, and they'd previously worked in an organization for about five, six years in the investment space in the UK. Mm -hmm. And he said to Alexis, I think there's something really interesting in this. Um, and so they bought what was Receipt Farm, uh, I believe, for something like a pound back in <laughs> oh, August 2010. Yeah. Um, and there were no paying clients. I think there were a handful of trialists. Um, okay. wow. the software was very, very basic. It was their premise. Receipt Farm's premise was uh, to go straight to the small business owner. Mm-hmm. Whereas Alexis and Michael from day one thought, no, no, we know that this is going to be revolutionary for firms. It's actually going to be beneficial for accounting and bookkeeping firms. And the reason why I say bookkeeping second is actually um, we didn't know that bookkeeping firms existed in the way that they do until we came over here. Wow. In what way? So so in the UK, um a lot of accountants do bookkeeping or um the SME does the bookkeeping and there isn't this just incredible network that there is here in Australia and in New Zealand. Yeah, so when you saw the and that kind of thing, you mean? Yeah, exactly. So wow. it was just, yeah, amazing that um, this whole new world kind of opened up to us as soon as we came over here.
1: Uh-huh. Fantastic! Wow, there you go. And so, so then, how did you end up in the picture?
2: Yeah, I um, I could make good tea, and I think I just spoke a lot in my interview. Um, I. <laughs> I had no background whatsoever. I would just graduated from university. Yep. And English literature, t-
1: right?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> totally different.
2: <laughs> super generic. Super, yep. super generic. Yep. So, yeah, English literature. Um, and I, I personally knew there were two things um, that I wanted to do. So, I n- thought by the age of 30 that I couldn't imagine working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So as a 21-year-old just graduating, I thought, gosh, okay, well, I've got nine years to work out how I can be my own boss by the age of 30, so i better get my skates on. (laughs) And So the premise of working with two co-founders of a business at the infancy or at the inception um, was just kind of too good an opportunity. So I joined them um, six months after they bought Receipt Farm, and then we went commercial. We launched the product, I think, about six weeks after I started. So that's when we first started actually yep. trying to sell, sell receipt bank. Yeah,
1: Right. Right. Well, wow. so you're, you're officially the first staff member. Yes. A- apart from the owners.
2: Apart from the owners. Yeah. Yep.
1: And you're still there. So, okay. And then, yeah. and then how did you end up in Australia?
2: Yeah. Um, so in 20, gosh, 2012, um, we'd been nominated for an award at a conference we didn't even know existed. Uh, which is going to make you laugh now. So it was uh, Auckland ZeroCon 2012. Mm-hmm. And we'd been <laughs> nominated for Emerging Add-On of the Year. So we yeah. had no idea there were awards. We had no idea there was a conference. It just came oh, on wow. completely out of the blue. It's
1: quite humbling, yeah. isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> now to think about it. But yeah. yeah. Um, so we got nominated. And after that, there were lots of phone calls from particularly New Zealand firms saying, you know who are you what do you do you look like you could be interesting mm. so Michael and I spent about six nine months working Kiwi and Aussie hours uh in London so we'd have phone calls in our evenings and our early mornings trying to understand the the land the landscape here a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, we made two trips that summer um UK so that winter here so June and August mm-hmm. and by the end of the year it was evident that somebody needed to move out mm-hmm. and as a as I was then I think a 23 24 year old I was certainly the cheapest resource to send out <laughs> with no ties uh, in oh. back. so they said would you go and I said yes and yep. it's been five years later and I haven't gone home yet
1: <laughs> and, so, and so have you always been in Sydney since you arrived
2: well I, I actually moved to Auckland initially so right. I was in the year of 2013 mm-hmm. um, and I actually spent more than 60% of my time traveling to Australia. So by the end of that year, I'd said, could we move to, to Oz? Could we move the operation to Oz? Wow. Uh, and they agreed. So,
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And so now you're in charge of the whole team in Australia, basically?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we've got um, our team here is about, yeah, just under 30 people. Um Predominantly all sales and marketing um, and a, a bit of operations as well. So our team here is quite specific. It's focused just on our partner channel. So everybody that works in my team here works with bookkeepers and accountants directly. Fantastic. Um, all of our product and um, development and kind of larger marketing infrastructure is actually based out of our London, London okay. team
1: yeah okay and did you ever, when you when you were younger and you were studying English literature back in, at home did you see yourself managing you know like such a big team of people like did you see yourself in a management position at all
2: or no no, no never <laughs> and that's the I suppose the most ironic thing I got asked that question for the very first time about a year ago right. somebody said did you imagine managing this number of people yeah and I said oh my gosh, I never even thought I'd be managing. Like that, that word yeah. never came up in my language. Yeah, was... No, I was always so dead set that I wanted to own a business. Like, what I didn't what
1: want did it. you think you would do when you were? Um,
2: I don't know. I knew that I would, I thought, or I wanted to, to own a business, but I didn't know what that business in what, yeah, would be. I know. And nor did I realize <laughs> that owning a business means you have to manage people. So like, no, the, the two no. didn't really ever <laughs> yeah. meet up.
1: Wow okay fantastic well it's really good to hear a bit about your story and you know hear about the history of Receipt Bank and everything and so uh, when I first started looking you up online I had no idea that you were the first you know the first employee and just the whole thing putting it all together so it's really good. So referrals what are you what are you going to teach us about referrals?
2: So I think there are a couple of things why I think referrals are really interesting. One is um, there are so many avenues and channels for marketing i often think that marketing it can be a very um generic word and you don't quite know what it necessarily means so you gave some really good examples of you know website curation and uh, you know co- uh, physical conflict um content curation earlier when you were giving your buyer which is really specific whereas uh-huh. it can be quite vague and with so many different marketing channels available you know social being a good one How do you um, start to leverage what you've already got, which is actually, as you said earlier, your client relationships.
1: Yeah,
2: The client relationships that you have and hold dear and the ones who hold you dear, they're your best source of advocacy. So how do you um, intentionally start to create your clients or, or develop your clients into being your number one fan? how are those the ones who are your champions and your supporters not just your clients not just the consumers of the service that you're you're delivering and how do you encourage that without you feeling like you're being salesy because i often think there's a a misconception when you're asking somebody for help particularly in a referral that you feel like you're being salesy with doing it um and not necessarily genuine because it's so in your interest so how do you navigate that conversation that's why I suppose I'm interested in it
1: okay great well um yeah I think this is going to be a really good topic and I I definitely um I I really enjoy marketing I actually I would say I enjoy sales more than marketing I enjoy the sales process of you know helping the person you know get to the the point of you know deciding to 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 work with me and um which is partly why one of the reasons why I started amyhook.com was because uh, when I got into my bookkeeping business, I found that I love um, I love sales more than I love the bookkeeping work. So I loved like finding the clients and bringing them through that sales process. But as soon as I got them in, I like I couldn't be bothered doing the bookkeeping work. And so you know, I just thought, wow, like I actually really enjoy selling the bookkeeping service. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well maybe there's something in this. And I guess I just kind of naturally transitioned, you know, into into doing that. So. Yeah, I think it's um, it's good to be able to, you know, um, What the saying, the quote that I have on my website is um, uh, 2% of bookkeepers love marketing and the other 98% are normal. That's <laughs> so I was going to say, like, you know, and Debbie Roberts would joke as well, that saying, you know, like, I- I'm in the 2%. I'm that one in the 2%. I'm that one person in the room of 50, you know, <laughs> so, so there you go. So, um, but a lot of the other ladies, um, you know, uh, looking for confidence in their in their marketing and so i think that and work.
2: i think that's a big thing i think the confidence is such a huge thing um particularly if you're a sole trader sole practitioner yep. knowing what you're doing whether it's right or whether people are going to like it or um what the reaction reception is going to be is so big it's so it can be so daunting and overwhelming uh and i have a i have a bit of a joke in, internally of just you know just say what you want to say you can work on the delivery the next time you say it <laughs> yeah, that's true so that's often true. people get so tongue-tied with actually saying the initial thing that they never do yeah. um and then I, I know what i'm like internally i then just churn on it and it absolutely affects me so a good thing is you know kind of giving feedback i used to really struggle just saying to somebody you know this is the piece of feedback because i'd be so worried about the delivery of it that it would hamper me from actually doing it yeah um <laughs> and and confidence in selling yourself and your service and your solution is exactly the same mm. um how do you you know how do you refine it that can come later but first is actually doing it yeah. um, and asking for it and i think uh, knowing which clients are the clients that you like and the clients that you enjoy working with and the people who pay on time and the people that enjoy the conversation about what other options and solutions and services you can provide are. Those are the kinds of clients that you want to replicate. You know, you don't want to replicate the client where you're chasing and haranguing, and they never pay and they call you all the time and you don't want to replicate them. So knowing who you want to replicate first and having a really strong idea and sense of who is really key. Um, making sure that group have had a really good experience is also really important Mm. because picking your timing is going to be key. Yeah. You know, if they, if you know that they are um, struggling financially at the moment, or if they are um, just going through a round of redundancies or whatever it may be, that may not be the right time, (laughs) but you know that they're flying if they've just won a local award or if they've um, just hired their you know, sixth person that year, you know that they may be in the mood for, for more good news and being, you know, kind of sharing more. So picking your timing is really key. Mm. Um, not being afraid to incentivize as well. Um, so incentivizing could be a competition. Mm. So you could choose to, okay. you know, physically give a prize um, or you could choose to offer a service. So, you know, if you referred one of your friends, I will do a, uh, a health check for you for your business mm. or I'll do a personal tax return for free mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. And that person you refer also gets the same kind of freebie. Mm. So you can play with that idea of incentivizing and gamification. Yeah. Um, and then you'll find your sweet spot with what a you like to offer mm. and be what your clients typically like to, to be offered. Yeah. Um, and that'll be unique to you as a, as a firm as well that won't be consistent across the board yeah. but definitely uh what's in it for them as well as when's the right time to ask them mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's good and i might just go to the thread because i've been a little bit quiet for a little while so um who does anyone want to just share um you know at, like I guess, how you're um, going with referrals. Like, are you finding it easy to ask for referrals? Are you finding it difficult? Um, you know, are they, do you have any, um, you know, special ways that you like to do it or particular, um, you know, like methods of doing it? Uh, like, uh, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know whether it's like collecting testimonials and, and things like that, or, a uh, oh, discount on invoice. Okay, Mandy's, Mandy does a discount on invoice okay oh is that a question you've put a double question mark there I just realized sorry <laughs> uh, Susan's not yeah okay Susan's not asking for referrals Broman finds it very difficult hasn't been able to yeah so anyone that's finding it difficult would you mind just sharing a little bit about maybe what you what you find hard about it I found. I think I, I was finding um, just finding a convenient time to do it, like mm. you were saying before. So I've built. Um, um, actually, I'm thinking of asking for testimonials as opposed to referrals. Um, but I build it into my um, processes now, so um, I have like little links and little spots where they can, you know, comment or share and things like that. So I think making it easy for people is
2: yeah
1: Um, do it is also good because obviously clients are really busy running their business so okay so Bronwyn finds it hard to sell herself which is why she's not been able to do it and same with Katia I think it's a confidence issue I think what if I'm not doing a good job and if I ask for this referral um Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're asking for, you think, what if I ask for the referral and, and then they're not happy with my service at the moment or something like that. So,
2: um, okay. Ginelle I suppose, got a, a I suppose on that one, if you're not sure, um, you're going to find out. That's the beauty of it. Well, so rather yeah. than thinking of it being scary, if they say, actually, you know what, Amy, I'm not that happy because of this, mm-hmm. because of, I don't know, whatever it may be that gives you the perfect opportunity to say, okay, I can solve that for you. Uh, Okay. I can change that. Okay. We can change the way we work or we can change a piece of software or whatever it may be. I, let me have the opportunity to help you and fix that again. So actually I wouldn't be scared if they were, if it, if they said actually, you know what, I don't want to refer because of, you know, I'm not very happy because you can make them happy. You can change their experience. That's within your control.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess just being open to to the feedback that might come when you are
2: when you ask. Yeah, and and um, and, and knowing that, I think yeah, try not to be surprised. Yeah, harder harder than it is the easy. <laughs> exactly.
1: And um, okay. So Melissa said she hasn't asked directly for referrals, but knows a couple of amazing networkers that she's told about her business. Just about to sign a new client from one of these. Okay.
2: That's a great point, Melissa. Um, often thinking about your own suppliers as well. Um, so mm. who who within your network that you do business with, whether it's like a BNI group specifically or whether it's you're the builder who helps your office or mm. um, whatever it may be, starting to talk to them about their business and their network and mm. you know, encouraging that word of mouth um, is a good one. So yeah, I think Melissa, Thinking about how do you, do you build that network is key.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that because you're not always asking for referrals from clients as well. You might ask for a referral from someone who you've never worked with before or someone yeah. who might not ever be a potential client.
2: So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Great.
1: And um, who else? What have we got? Uh, okay Michelle said the more confidence you project the more clients want to help you that's yeah I think that's true um,
2: one... and in the main people like to help in the main yeah other than people's sensitivity towards their own time mm-hmm. people actually if you ask for help people mm-hmm. like to give it because it makes them feel good as well yeah, that's, um, that's true. And, and maybe if you're scared of asking because you don't know whether it's the right time you could even say um you know I'd like to ask whether you know anybody else that I might be useful for or helpful for as, you know, my bookkeeping services. Uh-huh. Is now a good time for us to discuss that? Or actually, um, would it be more appropriate in, say, three months' time? You know, uh-huh. you tell me. Is now good for us to discuss yeah. that or not? So yeah. you almost have that caveat, so you don't feel quite so yeah. forthright. Or yeah, now. so
1: they don't feel like, okay, yeah, because maybe sometimes they might feel pressured to kind of do it, like, right on the spot or something like that, so... Yeah.
2: You could also give them some templated text. So you could actually send Mm. them an introduction, which is an email introduction. so They don't even have to write anything. Um, You know, making it, as you said earlier, really, really easy. Really
1: easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so Janelle said one of the people in her networking group has mentioned her to someone else just last week. So congratulations. That's very good. And Michelle has said accountants that you work well with are another great source. Yes.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: And um, okay, so we have got a question. M- Mandy has uh, asked, "What is the best approach for offering for?" us She said, "Offering referrals," but I think she means asking for
2: referrals. So um, it goes back to my one of my earlier points about process, mm-hmm. building it into your either your quarter mm-hmm. or your you know your year when are you going to actually be doing it? Because again, you can't just decide tomorrow to offer some referral or ask for some referrals or offer an incentive for doing it. You've got to think actually, well, I'm gonna be doing it here because I'm hoping that that introduction is made within the first six weeks, and then I'm anticipating that client comes on board in six weeks later. Um, So knowing when you're going to do it, both for your business and then for them is really important. I think looking at the incentive as well. So what is in it for them other than being, other than their generosity and them being helpful? (laughs) what cake can you give them and it could be it could be edible you know you could send them a cake you could send them flowers you could give them a discount there are just a huge number of ways to say thank you to people and i once was told something that was really key by michael one of the co-founders he always said you should always say thank you with a gift you should never say please with a gift so yeah. don't send something as in please refer me yeah. once they've done it say thank you for referring me and i think that's again a really a really nice touch instead
1: yeah that's really good and um yeah does anyone else have more questions we've got a couple of minutes left so we're just i guess we'll just q a until the
2: end although it is nearly nine o'clock that has gone uh, so quickly it's, it's
1: got so fast oh. i just suddenly looked up and i was like oh wow it's actually really time. <laughs> uh, what have we got so yep so janelle loves that idea of um i assume she's referring to the gifts there and Someone is typing a question Our Last Christmas Janelle gave gifts of compassion as a thank you like a donation do you mean? Uh, so does anyone else have any questions just pop them in um, if we run out of time then uh, we'll, we, you know we'll, Sophie can text reply to your question obviously oh okay <laughs> one one was a goat, Yeah, so she <laughs> it was a right compassion is in the charity, and she they they gave a goat to somebody <laughs> that's amazing that's, that's different, quite unique very good all right, great um, so is there anything else you wanted to share on that topic there's I can't see any more questions coming
2: i I know that it can be really difficult to build up the courage and to build up the confidence, particularly when you're working in isolation. Yeah. Um, and I suppose if you, if you have a wobble or if you're not sure, mm-hmm. pick up the phone and speak to your favorite client, because inadvertently you all have one client who is going to be your absolute favorite. Yeah. Give them a call and okay. just chat to them. and remind yourself about the value you're providing to that client because that'll encourage you to speak to somebody else so if you're having a bit of a wobble i'd encourage them
1: yeah and um susan's just asked uh what would the time frame be to follow up on requests for referrals
2: a good one is asking the other person what time frame is appropriate because Mm -hmm. somebody might say oh actually i'll do it for you tomorrow Mm -hmm. and somebody might say i'm not going to get around for it for two weeks yeah so first of all you could ask them and again it's that setting expectations it gives them the buy-in yeah. because if they're not really keen or if they say oh gosh i'll probably get around to it in i don't know two months time you know okay well two months you can go back but you're not going to anticipate it then yeah. um because your expectations on time frames will be significantly different to theirs so yeah. asking them is is kind of a good place to start yeah fantastic
1: That's great. Okay, well, so there's no more questions and we have run out of time. Um, So yeah, just thank you so much for attending tonight. Everything you shared has just been so helpful. It's been very insightful to get a bit of a glimpse into this Receipt Bank office. And um, yeah, so yeah, everybody, if you just want to, um, you know, you can post your thanks on, on the thread and just say thank you to Sophie. If you have any further questions, you can just ask her in the text there. Um, she may or may not be able to answer it tonight, maybe tomorrow if she's got to go. She's, it looks like she's still in the office there. So, um, Yeah, just. No, that was
2: great. Thank you so much. That was a, a, an awful lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it was, that. It was
1: it? very good. Anyway, thank you all for joining me and I will see you next month. Okay, goodbye. Good night, everybody. Well, how good was that? I hope you really enjoyed that. Um, so what I, as I said, um, you know, such a great topic for, to hear about from Sophie and next week I'm going to be replaying the portion of the webinar where Sophie talks to me about building a team building um you know cultivating the team culture and she talks about remote teams as well so I'll look forward to speaking to you next week and um enjoy your weekend see you later
0: thank you for listening to another episode of the bookkeeper's voice We'll be back next week, so make sure you subscribe to get future episodes via your favorite podcast app. And if you love this episode, jump on and leave us a review. Are you looking for some resources to help build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook page or head to our website, thesavvybookkeeper.com.au. Until next time, stay savvy.